appreciate you all, so this goes to you and to the team for all the hard work we put in day in and day out. <laughs> we about to get it in, baby. Let's get it. Welcome to Our Kind of Pod, a special UW football-themed episode of the Boyd Meets World podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Boyd. Joining me shortly will be Michael Stanton, as always, to break down what was a uh, absolute fingernail removal of a game uh, at uh, at Colorado on Saturday, where the Huskies lost 20 to 14, down 13 to nothing at halftime to a hapless Colorado team. On the night, Colorado retired a live Buffalo. Uh, as the mascot, and she was called the Queen of Campus. It was glorious. It was miserable. It was very college football. Uh, so we'll talk about that game. We'll also preview the Apple Cup. That's always exciting. Uh, Stan and I will play a little Apple Cup trivia against each other with some serious stakes. Um, I'm recording this before the podcast, and I'm going to guess that I'm going to start very angry at the beginning of it, Uh, so stay tuned for that. But I know that after talking to Stanton, I'll be happy and cheerful by the end of it. So uh, watch me go through all that or listen to me go through the the seven layers of hell of being a Husky football fan in 2019. Enjoy! Stanton? Yes. Five times this year, we have... uh, joined each other in misery midweek um three of which for me have been after just the the sad post like 2 a.m on um state of realizing you stayed up to watch (laughs) garbage yeah rough year for the boys yeah i mean i kind of was feeling that that going or uh in the first half of the colorado game so i did something Almost unprecedented, and that is not watch the second half. You stepped um, away. I stepped away. Uh, it felt pretty liberating. I knew in the back of my mind because I'm a I'm a sick individual that I would watch the recording on Sunday, which I did. Uh, unfortunately, uh, I was aware of the score, but uh, yeah, stepped away, and I actually was able to do something with my Saturday night that didn't feel like I was walking in quicksand and then ultimately suffocating to death that's good yeah i uh i just did the <laughs> um did uh, the intro for this without you the preemptive intro i usually do it afterwards but i did, did it beforehand and i called mm-hmm. it a, a fingernail pulling um so ah, yeah. s- similar similar misery there but i'm proud of you for right. stepping away and and your dedication to still come back to it is is uh what makes you a sick freak like the rest of us um <laughs> But none of that matters, right? Because as a reminder, this is now a Husky basketball podcast. So um, yes. moving on to to happier Actually, things. Actually, if you're if you talk to my dad, we are now a uh, UW is now a basketball school. Great, so, uh, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Let's embrace it. We're like uh, we're we're uh, we're the only just basketball school in Washington, right? There's no other school like that that just no, focuses no, on one thing. No. Nope. Yeah. Great. Cool. Good niche for us. Um, unfortunately we will, we will pivot this into a basketball podcast soon as the Huskies are, uh, uh, very fun this year. And there'll be plenty to talk about with that, hopefully getting that going by the, uh, the actual Gonzaga game there. Uh, but alas, we must revel in, uh, in this, this misery football season here. Um, I will say though, 
you could have walked away from from the game basically on the the moment the broadcast says uh, that the school is retiring their live buffalo mascot before the game. That was that was all we needed. We were, we were cooked at that point. Uh, they said that Ralphie Five had a helmet sticker, and so I was thinking, mm-hmm. you know, that's like a little thing on the back that says Five or you know some some ode to Ralphie. And then I realized mm-hmm. that the whole half of their helmet that had the Roman numeral five on it was dedicated to their retired Buffalo. Uh, this, this was bigger than sports. You know, this, this was, <laughs> this was zoology um, that the Huskies were up against. It, it just wasn't a fair fight. Yeah. This was mother nature against us. You know? Exactly. And she protects her own. You know what Bone Chillips uh, would think about the, the matter. Um, Team Bison all the way. Uh, for sure Ralphie five described as queen of the campus I mean come on this this was this was over before it started um <laughs> so there's the elemental reason that the huskies lost that game but let's break down the actual reasons uh first down um i'll I'll, I'll just spin, spin spin the pot here for a little bit first okay. down it's time goodbye yes. Bush Hampton it is it's over there is there is simply nothing else that can be said to justify this man's position as offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach for the university of Washington football team. Uh, neither of those things are working very well. Um, first of all, Bush Hamden was a student assistant at Colorado in 2009. So I think it was a huge conflict of interest for him to even be coaching in this game. He should have just stayed home. Yep. That's my personal opinion. Uh, second mm-hmm. of all, this one's for the internet. H A M D A N, not E N. No one can spell this man's name, even as they are just ripping him apart on, online. It's hilarious. <laughs> um, but seriously, his his unit goes down thirteen to nothing at halftime to a horrible defense that we had talked about many times this year on this podcast. As we're previewing that week's games, that teams are about to get uh, free tune-ups courtesy of the Colorado defense because everybody yep. can score on them. Every single team Colorado had played this year, uh, save Stanford, who is an absolute dumpster fire, who beat the Huskies. <laughs> Every single team uh, scored 30 or more against Colorado, and the Huskies lose 20 to 14. Your thoughts? Oh, man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, we had 91 yards in the first half, which is atrocious. We ended up with 238 yards on the day. Uh, Still against, not great. As you said, a really bad defense. Uh, just for context, Colorado gives up 455 yards per game uh, on average this season. So we are well below that about half. Uh, threshold. Yeah, just about half. Um, so it got me thinking, like, okay, we were half of what Colorado gives up. What have we done against the average uh, yards conceded by our other opponents this year, specifically conference opponents? Because those are going to be a little bit more even, an even playing field. We have uh, we have amassed under the average six of the eight times on offense. Can you tell me the two games that we actually were over the opponent's average yards conceded? <laughs> Is it Oregon and Utah? Yes, that's hilarious. <laughs> oh my god, isn't that absurd? <laughs> that is amazing. Uh, so there's that. I mean, there's obviously that. You're not gaining enough yards to even put your team in a position to win. Secondly, we have the most offensive penalties in the country. And mm, glad um, you brought this up. Eventually, you know, uh, to an extent, that's on the players. But then eventually it becomes 
uh, on the coaches. And when you have the most in the country on offense, that's on the coaches at that point. Let's let's uh, pause he's... right there. Okay. So the the broadcast brought that up. I couldn't actually find the the splits of offensive and defensive penalties online, but I could find the the overall penalties. So the broadcast had the offense versus defense part, and that was the first time I had seen that and been alerted to it that the Huskies were leading the nation in offensive penalties. And I actually forget what the number ended up being, but it was definitely well it, at the time it was fifty. I think it was on the first one; it was fifty. So I don't know what it ended up yep. being, but let's just say it was fifty. Right, so there's just say even after the Colorado game, there are 50 offensive penalties. The Huskies have 74 total penalties this season. So offense, defense, special teams, 74 penalties, 50 of which are on offense. Uh, The proportion of that is alarming, right? That should should be a little bit more balanced than that. And and obviously, special teams is less plays, but still, uh, benefit of the doubt, you're getting 50 penalties. Over half of the penalties are on your side of the ball. The things you control, the things that you are responsible for all the way across in your job description, um, you're doing that. And there's plenty of teams that can can play well in spite of penalties and they just get more yards and, you know, they just plow through it. But when you're backing yourself up and then still not able to compensate over and above that, why are you here? What What, what is What is your job? What are you doing well that would that would lead us to believe that you... Uh, have this under control and things are getting better because they're they're absolutely getting worse from from where they were last year, which was already a huge mess. Mm-hmm. And it, this isn't on the offensive side of the ball, but on the defensive side of the ball, you saw what a penalty can do to you with um, that. I think it was offsides by Josiah Bronson near the end of the game when we had him on on first and ten from their own one. Oh, cost us uh, a safety. Tryon, yeah, yeah. Joe Tryon <laughs> had it unabated to the quarterback. It was a safety. It was on the. He came from the other side of the of the uh, line, so it's not like the offsides helped him or hurt him at all in that regard. So he would have gotten the safety if it wasn't for that offsides. Uh, we would have scored two points, obviously, and gotten the ball back. Um, with a chance to take the lead. So, yeah, I mean, that's just one example. But uh, this is obviously a major issue, and it's honestly kind of surprising because when you think of a Chris Peterson-led team, you think of a team that, uh, you know, does everything the right way and is disciplined, um, and that is just obviously not the case for this team this season. Let me read you uh, some Chris Peterson quotes here. First one, when you run the ball for 32 yards, I mean, with this team, this offense we have, we get that it's going to be a long night, which it was. So the implication of that quote, when he says, uh, with this team, this offense we have, means that he has basically zero confidence in this offense. Wow. Uh, Next quote, this is as frustrating of a game as we've had since I've been here for sure. We got nothing going in the first half. So keep that quote just kind of bookmarked for a second. Uh, I don't explain it. We've got to get it fixed. We'll take a look at it, but it's extremely frustrating. That's all I can tell you. Last one here. I mean, it's so frustrating. It's not something we've been paying attention and looking at. It's not something we haven't been paying attention and looking at, but we will get it fixed. We'll have a plan. We will. We'll study the hell out of the tape and, you know, pare things down so we're more precise at what we're doing. It all comes down to execution is what it is. Um, funny thing about that last means nothing, qu- by the way. <laughs> it does mean nothing. Funny thing about that yeah. last quote, uh, that wasn't after the Colorado game. That was after the Rose oh, Bowl. <laughs> but it sounds exactly uh, like the other ones. Yeah. The the tenor's the I mean, same, the the message is the same of we have no idea what's going on. We can't explain this. It's the same. Everything looks great in practice. We just can't execute in the game. Figure it out. I I this this is maddening. This is just banging our heads against the wall trying to figure out what this is 
something has to change because the fact that here we are, there was this little promise after the Rose Bowl that this offense was going to get fixed. And it has, it, it, it's looked in pieces, like you said, Oregon and Utah, it looked very promising for three quarters. Uh, and then just an inability to, to put it out there. That's the whole game. You can't, you can't rest on this is, you know, there's practice success and that's why you keep them around. It does not matter, right? The results have to be there. And that's, that's the, just the absolute worst part of it. One more here from Peterson. This is actually, uh, this is also from the Rose Bowl. Uh, it's very frustrating. When you start the first half like we started, I had no idea why. It's on me. It's not these kids. They practiced hard. They're ready to play. But we really didn't play with that edge and that chip that we normally play with, really, just, you know, across the whole squad. Again, this is this is a systemic thing that dates back uh, through all of last season where we were talking about how this team can't create explosive plays. And then here we are with just an abysmal performance in, in Colorado. You know, I want to I want to bring a positive to this to balance things out. Um, how, how dare you? We didn't we did improve on our red zone touchdown percentage this this week. We we scored two out of the three times we made it into the red zone. So we have bumped up our percentage from fifty six percent with that. So uh, yeah, there there's your there's your silver lining that I can find. And that was absolutely <laughs> the uh, the the shot against last year's <laughs> team too was that exact same inability to score in the red zone. Um, yeah, this is a similar exercise to what you had done with, with the, our, how our offense has performed against the, 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 you know, the, the, the average in the conference. Um, there, we've played some bad defenses this year, Colorado, uh, 119th yep. in the nation in yards per play at 6.6. UW averaged, uh, this last game 3.4 against that. So about half, uh, Oregon state 90th in yards per play at 6.0. UW goes for 5.2. Uh, Wazoo, by the way, just played against Oregon State. They went for 7.6 against Colorado or against OSU's defense. So doing what you're supposed to do against bad defenses. Stanford, 93rd in the nation, 6.3 yards per play. UW, 5.06 against them. So horrible defenses, not just in the conference, but nationwide. And the Huskies aren't performing uh, nearly as well as everyone else is against them. And I think that, yeah, and- I mean, just from a, a, a kickball situation, how many teams in the conference would pick Jacob Eason right now if they could? Just 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 to to inject some talent into their system, like over their starter. Yeah, like if if you put all the quarterbacks in a pool and they were chosen. Yeah, uh, I like mean, obviously he would, he would be in the bottom. He would be in the bottom half. Yeah, at I this think. point, at this point for sure. But to to start last this season, maybe things are different. Um, sure. Yeah, I mean it's. Just the the inability to move the ball down the field quickly, like uh, uh, the potential for a five play touchdown drive, inexplic just does not. It's not in, in the vocabulary no. at all. Uh, What's an explosive play? Yeah, exactly. Uh, the offensive efficiency is fifty second in the nation. We're eighth in the conference. It's the worst since Jake Browning's freshman year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and speaking of Jake Browning, Jacob Eason. Um, we, we were very, dis- I think, I think it's safe to say we were pretty disappointed in Jake, Jake Browning's senior season last year. Definitely. Well, Jacob Eason has the exact same passer efficiency rating as Jake Browning. Um, so that just tells you what kind of season it's been. I want to go back to Oregon state really quickly because this begs the question of how is Jonathan Smith performing at Oregon <laughs> state as their head coach and 
you know, not their OC, but he's calling the plays. Um, they are sixth in the in the conference in yards per game, whereas UW is ninth. And I just want no offense to Oregon State, but the level of talent they have on their team, specifically the offense side of the ball, is nowhere near the vicinity of the level of talent we have recruited for the on you know onto the Huskies. Yeah. Um, so it just goes to show you that things are not working because this they, team is better than than what we're performing. Oregon State, huge beef fans, by the way, and this doesn't even need yes, to be repeated. Huge. Uh, Build a dam. Yeah. The, yeah, exactly. They start a guy named Champ Flemings, who's five five, like one hundred and fifty five pounds at receiver. <laughs> you know, like they 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 would uh, they would happily have some of the 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 offensive firepower in theory that the Huskies have, but who knows? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it, I would I I miss Jonathan Smith dearly the the qualitative parts of of this offense i mean we've, we've given a bunch of numbers here but um the the stuff that's just not working that continues to be a part of the repertoire the every stretch play that involves jacob Eason, you can see his just cephalopod arm stick stick his stick his arm out <laughs> as he's handing the ball to a running back who's about to just get buried um that play is is worthless um, there's just no easy yards in this, in the, in the repertoire right now. They, they, they continue to throw this empty formation, which just invites pressure, um, which it doesn't matter if anyone's open, Jacob Eason plus pressure. It just doesn't work right now. So you have to protect no. this guy. And instead they, they continue to just do five wide empty backfield, um, which takes away play action as we've talked about wildcat was back. For, for a, for a hot second, the second half of this, this game, I thought it was actually looked good. I liked what they did with it, that they started with, with a quarterback in the play, but took him out to, to make the defense adjust. And it worked. And we haven't seen it in the last couple of weeks after it was much ballyhooed in the, the Oregon game, but now mm-hmm. the personnel's back. So it's a part, it's, it was a successful part of the offense before and it can be again, but now it's just gone. It, it seems like it's just like every single week is just a blank eraser or blank dry erase race board for, for Bush in this offense and says, okay, what, what do we got this week? Let's try this. Let's try this. Uh, yeah, yeah, I like this play. There's just no cogent strategy to how do we put this team in its best chance to succeed. And speaking of pressure, I mean, some of the pressure that was brought uh, that they got, that the buffs got through was only three, three people coming. I mean, the really disappointing game for the offensive line, especially Definitely. given the type of players you have on that line. Even even losing Jackson Kirkland in the first half, um, you still have guys like Trey Adams, Nick Harris, uh, you know Hilbers that has been there. Um, players that have played a lot of downs, a lot of games for this team, and uh, they just can't keep him protected. It seemed, or you know, tr- create a lane for the running attack, as you mentioned, only 32 yards in the rushing game. So. Um, yeah, overall, just everything was bad about it. Um, and honestly, I am just ready to, uh, do we even have to play in a bowl game? I don't, I don't even want to get, want to play in a bowl game. I will say, I mean, we're going to lose it anyways, (laughs) given the track record. So a key part of any resurgence is beating the hell out of a bad team in a bowl game. Uh, Southern Miss comes to mind, uh, for So who knows? Um, we're probably going to get Boise state in Las Vegas Uh, and lose. Just watch. Uh, trick plays came back is, and, and what's hilarious about this is the trick play that was the first trick play that was used was the, the, the classic Chris Peterson trick play, uh, the, the throw out to the flat 
where the receiver throws the ball down the field for it was running the Apple Cup last year. Uh, it was the staple of the the Marvin Hall Dante Pettis connection of of yesteryear. Mm-hmm. That's not even a new play. The, the, that's no. that, that's that was literally a Jonathan Smith insertion uh, from five years ago, and that's that's what the solution is to struggling offense. Is okay. Let's just go back to that. Um, and then the, it was funny that the second one was actually used the next day by the Seahawks. The the pitch out to the right, back to Eason. Couldn't execute either of those. Um, you can't execute I hate that call, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I, I just... when you when you are on their thirty-seven after a huge punt return, and yep. the first thing you do is you try to like you know fake them out with that. I just you, you should be able, and I know we had we weren't able to, but like. We should be able to score from the 37 yard line on first and 10. Yeah. Like, and just play without straight running. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. It's just frustrating yeah. to all hell. I mean, play devil's advocate for a hot second here. What, okay. what if, if we get the news, uh, Bush Hamden will be back for, for 2019, 2020, what's the rationale? Unless they score no. like 65 points in the next two games combined. I mean, you can't, total. you can't just, you can't justify it at all. No, you can't do it. Uh, I mean, I just saw a tweet that over the last two years, let me, let me pull it up here. Over the last two years in conference, uh, UW has the most games of scoring 28 points or less. 14 of 28, 14 games over the course of the last two seasons, we've scored 28 points or less in conference play, which is, which is the worst in the conference. It's just, you know, it's just not good enough. Yeah. I mean, I was looking, I don't know how you can keep them. We were watching that uh, that uh, our Oregon State Wazoo game, and it's just a shootout. You know, it's just teams are, and even the Oregon Arizona State game, right? Just teams are ability to score, get the ball down quickly. I'm like, yeah. we could not play in a game like that. There's, no. there's, there's, we don't have the the physical ability to compete in that type of game. Uh, you don't have the mental ability. Yeah, yeah. We just it's you, to call those plays, make those plays, make those decisions on the fly. Yeah, it just it it's a it's not even a possibility. Um, yeah. All right. Let's let's transition to second down. We've, <laughs> second down. <laughs> and if case you case you couldn't get the gist to that point, uh, we are done with Bush Hamden. It's time to move on. Second down. Uh, let's pile on to uh, number ten here. Not his best yep. day. The the Stanford game was just so eerily similar to this one in terms of how it all played out. Um, every everything is going horribly. Defense just looks soft early, but they really tighten up late in that game. There's a chance to win, uh, and it seems like Jacob Eason's decision-making just kind of puts it away. Uh, after pulling within a touchdown at Stanford late, we go 11. the next 11 plays, the Huskies go 12 yards, and Eason throws an interception. This time, after pulling within a touchdown of Colorado and getting the ball back, uh, eight plays, negative three yards. Down 20-14, to 14, Aaron Fuller takes a punt, 52 yards uh, with the Huskies down six. Uh, runs into his own guy at, at the Colorado 37 uh, before that aforementioned trick play, uh, and we somehow ended up punting on that on that drive from, uh, from the 50, no less. Right. We <laughs> uh, went backwards. 13. The yeah. second Fuller ran into his own guy, I was like, "This could be a problem because yeah, that because meant, he was gone. He was gone, and I, I I could the 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 video wasn't there. I don't know if you saw it when you saw the whole replay, but um, who, whoever that is. God damn it! You got an Aaron Fuller's way from a touchdown that that would have been <laughs> huge. Um, 
But yeah, Eason on that drive, and I'll, I'll just continue here for the just this sequence because it's really all that is worth talking about. On third and five at that car out of 32 there, down six, you are literally on the broadcast. You can see the green field goal range line. You're down six. Defense is playing well. Field goal here keeps you within three. Obviously, it's a it's a you know it's a it's a third and medium or fourth and medium at that point. Don't know if you'd want to go for that, but you do have the field goal option. You take a sack for a loss of thirteen. Thirteen. Yeah, it was third and five. It, it's yep. it, that is it cannot happen. And it was one of those classic. Uh, I'm under pressure, so I'm going to run ten yards backwards and fall over. Sorry, sorry, spin ten yards backwards. <laughs> Yeah, just, just, so. just, I mean, I can't, and this goes back to Bush too. I don't, I don't, you, you don't know about these conversations, but before that play, he has to hear in his ears, can't take a sack here. Cannot yeah. do it. And if he didn't, oh, yeah. that's, that's a bigger problem. If he did and it just didn't get, didn't, you know, get executed, that's, that's a whole different thing, I guess. But regardless, that has got to just be ingrained in your mind in that situation that, 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 is inexcusable yeah you can no longer take the field goal opportunity you can no longer go for it on fourth and shorts um assuming you get you know a couple yards on third and five yeah um it just you know and then we got a delay a game on the next one next play uh which by the way i don't really know how you can get a delay a game when the other team is subbing that one was kind of strange to me but um the five yards didn't really do anything cool yeah, lights out the drug but man <laughs> No, 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 no. Rewatch it. Trust me. I yeah. watched it yet. No, no, yesterday. no. Not, not your Coors Light. The, the Stripes Coors Lights. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. I would <laughs> I never. Mean, I was drinking Coors Light during Ever question. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, fourth and 23. You know, it's on the 50. It's over. You have no chance at getting any points on that drive. Yeah. Um, you got five. You know, he, the thing about Eason is there's all this talk about his physical tools and that, you know, the, the most favorite saying by every commentator is arm talent howitzer um, but you hear howitzer yeah howitzer yeah yeah rocket Guns. no one talks about no one talks about what's in between his ears though you know no one talks about the mental aspect of the game and honestly he just hasn't had it all season i mean there's been glimpses of it uh i think one of the best games he had was probably against byu but as of late mentally he's just really bad um and we thought jake browning you know made some questionable decisions, um, you know, running backwards, uh, throwing the ball just like randomly. <laughs> um, he's done that, Eason, and and more. Like he's, you know, airmailed picks. He's had five interceptions over the last three games. He only had three interceptions over the first eight games. Uh, and all the interceptions have been clear interceptions, nothing, nothing fluky or tipped about him, just really, really bad throws, you know, throws that – where as they're coming out of his hand, you're like, okay, this is looking pretty bad already. Um, then on top of that, he's had multiple overthrows. You know, on Saturday, yep. I counted four major overthrows. I think he had K. Dotton down the sideline the first half. He had Fuller on a corner route in the fourth quarter of of the touchdown drive, but he still missed him. Um, he had Bicelli on a go route in the middle of the fourth. And then he had Hunter Bryant uh, on a corner route on third and 13, which killed the drive. Um, he overthrew him. Um, that would extend to the drive. Um, so yeah, it's just, I don't, I don't know. It's just physically he's there. Um, for the most part, uh, he just kind of needs to harness in his, his arm a bit because it thinks it seems like he gets a little too excited. Uh, and then mentally it's just, 
terrible in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, I actually had one one more. I'm glad you documented all those because I, I couldn't get all those in the, the replay I was watching. Uh, Terrell Bynum, he had him open for a touchdown up the right sideline late in that game too where Bynum had kind of created separation against the sideline um uh, with his defenders but, but Eason just over over overthrew it to the to the sideline there um yeah. yeah i mean he's he's great or capable when it's just a straight line throw from him to a direct target 15 yards in front of him with no defender in the way but his ability to kind of elevate throws and throw into a bucket downfield it's just it's severely lagging behind that just straight deadline throw and that there's just the reality is there's just more of the of the former types of throws where you're throwing into a very tight window trying to get it over people um into a very specific location so that part has just got to get better um yeah i mean still can't step up at the pocket right just just the similarities yep. between stanford and, and and saturday is just maddening because of how early that game against stanford was i mean that was literally two months ago it was like a season ago um that that happened and here we are with the exact same problems. And that, again, goes to coaching, and maybe it's Eason's ability to retain that. But, God, it's <laughs> this is just so aggravating that that we're talking about the same things over and over. Um, but all that being said, come back, my man. <laughs> let's, 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 try, <laughs> let's try this again next year because um, I think that uh, the the – the next level part of it, I'm just I'm not seeing as much on a consistent basis. No, I think it would be a. Uh, I mean, a lot of people thinks he should go because of his physical tools, but if you can't figure it out mentally, you're going to be absolute trash. And I think, I think he would he would go to the NFL. And you know, I could be wrong here. I could we could listen back to this in a year or two from now and be like, what was I thinking? But as of right now, he is not ready to play in the NFL. That's for sure. No, and and the NFL is is not a developmental league. They would it would it would no, be very much. You I mean, need if, to be ready if you get drafted on tools. You're expected to perform relatively quickly, and um, I don't think it's there. But I also think from a, from a personal pride perspective, if I'm Jacob Eason and this is the one chance I got uh, to be the savior at, at UW and really right this ship, and I've it's gone this poorly. Uh, in addition to everything we just talked about, I think I'd, I think I'd want another crack at it, but. Um, you never know. Yeah. This, it's we're we're yeah. not we're not him, and uh, you know we never will be. But that's that's just my perspective. It's it and and to add to that really quickly, his his freshman season against Georgia uh, or at Georgia was actually statistically worse than what he's put up this year. Mm-hmm. So um, it's not like he has a, a season that he can go back on and be like, hey, here's me at my best. Um, he just doesn't really have anything. Uh, really that great to put on his resume right now from a NFL standpoint. So yeah, yeah. I don't know how, I don't know how that would work. I think, I think there's a nice package of throws, the individual throws that you can look at, sure. but, but complete games. I mean, even, even, you know, B- BYU had, had was probably his, his best start to finish game, but Utah and BYU couldn't make plays in the end of that game. And so, I mean, that, that is absolutely part of it is your ability to, to, I mean, every single NFL game ends up in the exact same position for, for good teams where the quarterback is leading a drive yeah. and they're either successful or they're not. Uh, you know, what, what do you have on tape this season that shows that, that you can do that? Um, yeah, none. Third down. We are obviously disappointed. We are 
you know, disappointment is a product of expectations. And so we had very high ones uh, for this season. And so this, this one here on third down is figuring out why you and I were so wrong about this. And you, <laughs> to, to just say you and I, it makes us seem like, like rogue prognosticators. I think that our, our opinions were shared by uh, many people. I remember reading John Wilner say how this could be a really tough season for the Huskies and there's lots of opportunities to stumble and they're just so young. And I read that and I was like, fuck you, John Wilner. There's no way we're going to just, <laughs> we're going to wipe everybody uh, with, with, yeah. um, with this kind of more explosive offense and, um, and, you know, just, just another year figuring it out continuity in the offensive line, playmakers on the outside. Why were we so wrong? Why, why do I owe John Wilner an apology? Uh, I think I think it's pretty much it's just the obvious answer. I think we underestimated the importance of experience yeah. uh, and leader specifically. Uh, you got to remember that this defense lost like nine or ten starters. Um, the offense lost uh, players at some of the most you know important positions like quarterback, running back. Um, I think Miles Gaskin is a huge loss because no matter what, you could depend on him to get you, you know, 70, 70, 80 yards at a minimum. Um, and you, he could kind of control the game, control the tempo yep. of the game, et cetera. Um, you can't really do that with, with no, no offense to the running backs we have now. I think we have a pretty good, you know, duo um, that, could definitely blossom into quite the combination uh, moving forward, but uh, it's not, they're not miles Gaskin. And then going back to the whole leader part, uh, I feel like that's something that obviously every team, whether it be in sports or not in sports needs to be successful. And I just don't really see that leadership out on the field. Um, in recent years, it was pretty apparent. You know, you had guys again, like Gaskin Browning, Ben Kirvin, name anybody from that secondary uh, guys that had been around the program for years and had been integral parts of the program and, you know, felt that ownership and uh, were able to be that voice and and leader on their respective side of the ball. And I just don't see that. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't see that. in in Jacob Eason, um, people say that that is, you know, Nick Harris that does that. But um, I just don't see it when when we're up against the wall and there's adversity that's when you recognize those type of players. And I haven't seen those players step up this season. And we've been in that situation a lot, as you can tell by the five losses. Um, so I think that that's a big issue as well. Um, yeah. And then just, just specifically on the secondary, you know, that's a, that's a, a unit that would keep us in games just by being so stout. Uh, you saw Trent McDuffie get absolutely worked by Lavishka Chenault on Saturday. In past years, we would have a player that would be able to shut down a type of player like Chenault um, and keep everything in front of us, and just we haven't been able to do that. So um, that unit as well, even as good as it has been at times for us, um, just I think we I've gotten used to having that kind of backstop on our defense too. Yeah, I mean just just when you with some distance from the situation, you know. It, it's it's all about tone and perspective. I mean, when when <laughs> when we're heading into the season and you're saying, you know, the Huskies lost Ben Burkirvan, Miles Gaskin, Jake Browning, uh, um, Drew Sample, Taylor Rapp, Greg Gaines, Tevis Bartlett, uh, Jordan Miller, Byron Murphy. If you say it right, you're like, yeah, but I mean, Jimmy Lake and 
this the development you know there's yeah four, four talented recruiting yeah exactly you yeah. can you can spin it but it's like no let me l- read you that list of guys again ben, yeah ben perkerfin miles gaskin jake browning uh drew sample taylor rapp greg Gaines, tevis bartlett uh, uh jordan miller and byron byron murphy like those those are all pa- all conference or or very close to it level players and you lost like <laughs> like 10 of them um and, and unless unless you can say the clear replacement and how how you've seen them perform at a, a level commensurate with that i i think we just took that for granted of the talent that those guys had and their production yep um but like you said i think the leadership gap is is huge uh there doesn't seem to be anybody in the game who's just pissed the hell off about what's happening yep um or or is is playing inspired football uh, like Ben Burkirvan did, no matter what the score was, the situation, like, uh, you know, there, there, there was just a, a certain just magma <laughs> outpouring from him of just, just the, the, the yeah. level that he played with Taylor Rapp, same thing. Um, you know, Miles Gaskin, like these guys just led by example with how hard they, they, they played and how seriously they took it. And, and I just don't think we've had that and it's shown up in these games against Cal, Stanford, uh, Colorado specifically, where these are teams you should wipe if, if when the dust settles yep. and you're looking at the, de- the, the, the deficits here, the gaps here, you should, you should, in the end of those games showed, you know, you, you were close and you still should have won, but you should have demolished these teams, but you weren't ready for it. You didn't take it seriously enough at the beginning. Uh, and you paid the price. Um, so yeah, I mean, and if I, they're not ready for it. That goes back to coaching as well. Very true. Very true. And I yeah. think I think that you know we we really overestimated what we had with Eason um, in terms of I thought he was much more of a finished product and just a ready made. This is like this season is just his vessel, this necessary thing that he has to to fulfill to make it to the <laughs> NFL. Um, yeah. But uh, that just wasn't the case. I mean, uh, you said it earlier. The the exact same pass efficiency. Last year, Jake Browning, for all his faults, 8.23 yards per attempt. Jacob Eason, yeah. 7.63 for this season. So just the, you know, the, the, <laughs> we thought Jake Browning inhibited our ability to, to move the ball downfield and be efficient on offense. Uh, well, we got a guy with, you know, <laughs> double the arm strength and it didn't really, uh, didn't really translate. And there's a huge cocktail of factors as to why that might be happening, but, um, goodness, that's frustrating. Now, uh, we should mention that the cupboard isn't bare, so it's not like, you know, we're moving into some dark period. Um, There's still a lot of talent on this team on both sides of the ball. Uh, I would be shocked if we were to see a season like this next season. Um, The only reason why maybe we would see that is if Eason goes to the NFL and we have to, you know, blood in a new quarterback like Jacob Sermon or something like that. which we don't really know what he can provide for us. Um, but assuming that Eason stays, and that's a big assume, assumption there, um, and you know he improves as you normally see from year to year with you know players in general. Mm. Uh, I feel, <laughs> yeah, um, I feel like you know there's a, still a lot of talent on this team that the experience w- is beneficial this season, and you will see those leaders you know prop up once they become. Uh, more comfortable in the team but just right now there's just not enough of it on the field and it's obvious it's very apparent 
Yeah, and and I mean next year the schedule. <laughs> you have Michigan coming to town. You go to yeah. Oregon, to USC, and to Fair Utah. Point. Um, obviously Utah or Utah and Oregon will be replacing quarterbacks at that point. But um, even if this team is qualitatively better, the schedule might uh, might bring us in the same position. But that's that's for a different yeah. podcast. Looking ahead to next season, let's look ahead instead to the Washington State Cougars, our mortal enemies uh, this week and all weeks. You're talking about some dark times here. Uh, both mm-hmm. both teams, UW Wazoo, six wins. UW is on a six game winning streak in the rivalry. This is, you know, how in in the Bible, how uh, the 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 devil came through as a serpent and tempted Adam with the apple. Mm-hmm. This yep. might be that apple. Six six six, <laughs> dark voodoo shit is afoot, my friend, uh, for this game. Um, what are your just your general thoughts about this one? I mean, it, this this any any results could happen, and it would not surprise me. The Huskies could win by 30, yeah. 35, and I would be not shocked at all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in past years, I will when I think about this game, it's like, oh well, we're playing the Cougars, so we know how to play against them, so we're probably going to beat them, and that's obviously been the case for six seasons. Um, I tend to want to say that again, just because you know, until the Cougars can beat us then why would I think otherwise? Um, Jimmy Lake has had their number defensively for a long time now, but um, we haven't been at this low point as a team since, you know, pretty much Chris Peterson joined the Huskies. So I have no idea (laughs) what's going to happen. I'm honestly amazed that the opening line was eight points in favor of the Huskies. I think that's too generous I think it should be more like maybe three and a half or something like that to the Huskies. Um, what I can tell you though is the Cougars are going to pass the hell out of the ball, as everybody knows. Um, but and- like especially, especially so this year, <laughs> they're, they're like more somehow more air raid yeah. than usual. Seventy-seven yeah, percent of the time they throw this year, seventy-one last year. What it felt like they were throwing wow. every single play. And Anthony Gordon, for instance, attempted 70 passes against Oregon State last week. So um, six, yeah, six touchdowns, three interceptions. It's just 606 yards. Um, a lot of sixes there, by the way, to go in that. <laughs> I'm telling game. you. Yeah. <laughs> um, Spooky. Max Borgie is their, is kind of their guy out of the backfield. He catches a lot of passes, too. Um, he said he would be scoring a lot in his post-game uh, press conference or interview after the Oregon State game. Um, in re- he was referring to the Apple Cup, uh, so we'll see if he can actually back up that that statement. Um, they have a, a, a plethora of receivers, all of which are no offense to them, but somewhat no names that I feel like have been slotted into this offense and become a name because of it. Um, I. I'm not taking anything away. They seem to be good players. I just had never heard of them before they joined <laughs> Washington State. Aesop Winston, Desmond Patman. Um, uh, who's the other one? Martin. De- Tay Devon Martin. Tavian yeah. Martin. Yeah, Tay Martin. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, Devon Tavian. What a name. Um, Arcanado, et cetera. So they can go to a lot of uh, a lot of players out on the outside as well. Yeah, Borgie is the guy there that you mentioned that's uh, kind of the, the only – Name brand uh, guy based off of his success last year. He's real good. Uh, UW had trouble tackling him last year when they actually had linebackers. So uh, this year, oh this year, imagining Kyler Manu chase him around is going to be 
a little scary. Um, but yes. uh, yeah, Anthony Gordon is far less interesting than Gardner Minshew was, but uh, is definitely much ballsier than he is. Um, much more avant or uh, laissez-faire with the ball, more prone to turnovers. Um, however, uh, more prone to attacking downfield than say a Luke Falk was from from previous years. Um, so he is uh, he's an interesting guy and some uh, an interesting test case I think for this Husky secondary because they are going to get uh, lots of reps against him. Uh, you mentioned it, Jimmy Lake, big fan of playing against Wazoo. Um, this the strategy and and I don't expect this to change much because it, the, why would it? Uh, lots of three man fronts, so you'll see mm-hmm. you know the the team try and get pressure up front. Uh, which is three people, and then just kind of keep everything in front of them. So if you if you remember how the uh, the 2014 Super Bowl went um, with the the Denver Broncos against the Seattle Seahawks, uh, where the Seahawks were totally fine with the the Broncos throwing things in front of them, basically said we'll just meet you the football, uh, and this is going to stop working uh, at a certain point in your drive. That's that's how the Huskies play the Cougars. Um, last year after after the Apple Cup, Lake was. Feeling himself a little bit, they, they you just asked someone, asked him, did anything change? He said, nope, exactly the same, exactly the same. Next year, maybe he'll throw a little curveball, but it makes it very easy when you know what you're going to get. Uh, knowing what I read about the head football coach over there, he uh, he does things a little bit different. Uh, so hopefully he remains there a long time. That would be awesome. Talking, of course, about uh, the Dread Pirate, Mike Leach. Of course, though, uh, this was before the the NCAA notified us that that game actually didn't count because of the the Correct. snow the snow that it, that occurred in the second half. Um, so you know it comes down as a half win in the Huskies Huskies record books, but um, unable to to truly complete that because of the of the weather, which is you know it's understandable. Yeah, yeah, and it's you know good news. It is looking like it will be sunny, so um, the game will count. The game will count this okay. year. So that's good. I mean, things could change. There could be, you know, a lightning storm or something, or um, there could be, you know, wind over five miles per hour that sure. might make it ineligible um, because, you know, that would affect passing and therefore the game would not right, be fair. Right, right, But um, it's looking like we will have a full go on on Friday. That's really good. Um, I, I'm, I'm glad <laughs> because, you know, it was, it was just, it was, it wasn't, it wasn't fair, uh, last year once the white stuff came from the sky and, and only affected one team, you know, that was, that was tough. Yeah. Um, yeah. we of course are being facetious that this was the, the common trope from, uh, Coogs online last year that, uh, that, you know, it was been a whole different game minus the snow. Uh, <laughs> sorry is all I have to say to you about that. Uh, the, deal with it. the, uh, the, we talked about the, the recipe to beat them defensively. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if the how the Huskies approach that. Uh, which defensive backs in the field? I think they're still figuring out the Cam Williams, Asa Turner thing because Turner just hasn't yep. been consistent, um, and so that's that's problematic for how you know you figure Trent McDuffie's kind of nailed in there. But when you have to have seven defensive backs in the on the field, uh, who are they? And then uh, who's the linebacker, right? Who's the one or two linebackers that are going to be on the field? It's, it, I, I'm sorry, it just can't be Kyler Manu. If I see 30 it on the will. field, it, it will be. Uh, <laughs> I'm he, saying it now. He just can't hang, and especially in this game where he just actually has to cover people and get from sideline to sideline. Yeah. It's, it's just, it, I'm sorry. It, it, any, any play he's on the field, I'm, I'm going right at him if I'm, if I'm Mike Leach. And that's, For that's, sure. that's something that, that, uh, will kind of be a new fat wrinkle in this is that there are weak spots in this Husky defense and how will the, the, the Cougars specifically attack those. Who would you prefer to see over Manu? I think 
in that spot. Yulo Fashifo has, has played well in terms of just getting to the ball yep. in the last couple of weeks, yeah. um, sideline to sideline. I, st- I really, where are you, Nada, is, is a real thing. I didn't actually get, <laughs> get to, to get in front of the mic and sing it, but, um, his, his absence since his, seriously, since his, you know, performance of doing well, winning Pac 12 player of the week against Arizona, uh, and then we're just not seeing him anymore. Who knows what's going on there? Um, you got to read between the lines that there's something, something up. Yeah. Um, because that's just inexcusable injury or discipline or what have you. Um, so I, th- I think it's Yul Fashifo and I think it's Wellington barring health. But, um, yeah, you know, it's this is not – Ben Burkirvan was literally perfectly made. Basically another safety to play in the middle of the, the field yeah. there to play against, against Wazoo. And we just don't have that guy this year. Yeah, I – it's – we're going to have to definitely win the turnover margin, I think. Um the Anthony Gordon turns the ball over a lot, as you mentioned previously. I think he's had about eight interceptions over his last four or five games. He's only had one or two games this season where he didn't throw a pick, so you can take advantage of that. And um, obviously, when we do get that, when we do get in a takeaway, we need to actually move the ball and score. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that is something that will definitely be available for us to take advantage of this week. So. Um, I would hope to see at least a couple takeaways. Yeah, and then, like you said, regardless of, of how we get the ball on offense, I think the strategy still what it was last year, which is to just lean on them. Their defensive front is conceding about 50 pounds man for man um, against, yep. against the Husky offensive line. Um, yep. And so the ability to just get six yards over and over with Dick Newton, Savon Ahmed, um, is there if the Huskies can just sustain drives, turn that into some play action, big chunk plays. Uh, here, here's one for you. The the Cougars have missed uh, or have have lost twelve different defensive backs over the last calendar year uh, to dismissal, graduation, or transfer, including three JUCO defensive backs uh, dismissed from the team in the last two weeks. So uh, lots wow. of turnover over there um, uh, for just figuring out who's going to be on the field. So that secondary is definitely the, the Cougars weak point. It's just, can the Huskies, uh, get the ball to the second, third levels, make those guys make plays, um, in, in any manner of ways, uh, to, to really win. I think ideally this is a game where, uh, we run for like 250 yards and Jacob Eason throws 15 passes, completes 11 of them for 200 yards. Like it's just a lot of big chunk plays, um, because the, you know, just throwing over and over we've talked this ad nauseum. We just don't have that ability. So it's, it's really going to be establishing yeah. that run game uh, to, to, to truly set up the pass um, and just, you know, find easy routes where Easton's well protected. There's only two, two receivers, three receivers on the route um, that, uh, that look just like the running plays that we're just doing over and over. Lots of deep crossing plays to uh, passes to K to Otten, please. Yeah. Yeah, um, whatever the the Niners just did last night with George Kittle getting him wide open, let's let's uh, try that with with old HB who tore the Cougars up last year in the Apple Cup as well. Yes, yes. All right. Yep. Uh, any other Apple Cup thoughts before we move into this next new exciting segment? Uh, no, I'm I'm ready for it. Hell yeah! Uh, this is a new one for us. We're gonna do some trivia here. Uh, Apple Cup trivia, to be specific, mm-hmm. uh, wouldn't be about you know. The office or anything right now unless you know you're into that you can probably find that elsewhere uh but mm-hmm. Stan and i are going to try and stump each other with apple cup trivia 
we made three arbitrary levels to this, uh, easy, medium, and hard, which mean nothing. So I don't know how hard your hard <laughs> is, but mine is, mine is eh, kind of hard, and the medium and the easy are basically the same. Uh, we set the stipulation, no numerical answers, so no answers yep. that are years that or statistics. Uh, yeah, yeah, man. Because, you know, how many yards did Marcel Reese have in 2006 was... was Dude, uh, I know that off the top of my head. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then I think the next order of business before we get into this is setting the stakes. And I have an idea, but curious what uh, what you're thinking. Oh, wow. Um, maybe uh, loser buys... Uh, our next Denny's trip. <laughs> Let's find a Denny's first of all. That'd be a, that'd be a yeah. great like video documentary finding finding Denny's. Um, R.I.P. Issaquah Denny's. I know. Uh, I would my my thought was nachos at forty two Cantina. Oh, lovely! Over, I'll, I'll take that over Xmas break. Um, no idea yep. what tiebreakers are going to look like, but uh, we'll we'll figure that out as we go. Uh, do you want me to start with my, my easy question or, or do you want to, uh, want to go for yeah, it? Yeah, go, go for it. Go okay. In 2006, this little used receiver caught a pass between his legs and scored on a 64 yard catch and run in Tyrone Willingham's first Apple Cup win, first and only Apple Cup win. Who is that little used receiver? Is it Cody Bruns? Do you want to guess one more time? Uh, little used receiver. You're you're very close. Oh man, I don't know. This is gonna annoy me though. Wow, you're you're gonna cry. This is the easy one too. Damn, <laughs> wrong, Cody. Mine is. Wait, what? Cody Ellis. Oh, Cody Ellis. Man, haven't heard that name in a while. I also have blocked out everything within, you know, 2006 to 2008-ish. Yeah, college so. destroyed that part of my brain anyway. So uh, this, <laughs> this was a, a product of research. Um, yeah, I'll give you a half wow. point for okay. that. Point, the, the points right. are arbitrary, but half point. For Cody. You, you did, your, your, your mind went to Cody for a reason. Yeah. Okay. Nice. What, okay. What you got for me? Okay. Okay. Uh, this is the 100, 112th meeting of the uh, of WSU and UW. Can you name the two Pac-12 rival- rivalries that have been played more times in the Apple Cup? This is not an easy question. Let me tell you that. Really? Uh, uh, okay. Oh, my, man. My fir- One of them is yeah. No, I, my my first thought is the the territory war in Arizona. Oh man, that is not one of the two. <laughs> All right, give me two more guesses. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So three to get to. Um, hmm. Pac-12 rivalries. Colorado, Utah. No, kidding. Um, (laughs) Let's say the Civil War. Yes, 122 times, which is tied for which is tied with the other answer at 122 times. I'm going to guess it's USC and UCLA. No. Fuck. <laughs> it is Cal Stanford in the big game. That was my other guess, but that was literally the only other option. So, Oh, man. Well, uh, do you want to give me a half point, too? Yeah, yeah, I'll give you a half point. We are off on fire. Great start. <laughs> um, cool. All right. All right. Me- medium, and maybe this is easy, depending on your knowledge here. Uh, the same okay. year in 2006 – that Cody Ellis, not Cody Bruns, had that 
long catch and run. Tyrone Willingham won his only Apple Cup trophy. Which Washington State governor handed Willingham that trophy? Um, I'm going to guess Christine Gregoire. Damn it. I knew this was an easy one. and I said I've elevated <laughs> it to medium. I was going to say Gary Locke was gone by then. So it was really just whether you knew the governors or not. Cause yeah. All right. <laughs> I, I do. So, well, I'm firing the intern that wrote that question. So <laughs> no, wow, we have an intern. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, uh, no. Okay. Makes more than we do. Chris Peter. <laughs> We make money for this? <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, second second question here. Chris Peterson is undefeated versus WSU in his career, or at least at UW, 5-0. and Yep. Can you name at least one of the other two coaches that are undefeated versus WSU as a coach for UW? Just one of the two. Rick That's Neuheisel. because that is correct. 4-0. Uh, between 1999 and 2002. Do you yeah. want to take a guess at who the other coach is? He is 1-0, and I really don't think you'll guess it. 1-0. Um, is it Gilby? Uh, no, it's not. It is Daryl Royal in 1956. Man, before he killed it at Texas. That's hilarious. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he, he, it was the only year he coached for us, too. Wow. Uh, uh, let's see. I have another stat here. Uh, oh yeah. Only three of 12 UW coaches have a losing record against WSU. Tyrone William being one of them. Only one of 14 <laughs> WSU head coaches have a winning record versus UW. The winning record is Bill Doba who went three and two. That was, uh, that was on the cutting room floor of my trivia question. So I'm glad I didn't ask it to you because <laughs> you and I did the same research path there. Uh, Just imagine that their only winning coach against the Huskies is only a winning coach by one game. It's awesome. It really is. <laughs> um, so are we all squared up then? Is that that how this is looking score wise? Yeah. yeah, I think so. Yeah. One okay. and a half to one and a half. <laughs> um, okay. My hard one. The original trophy, uh, it's now the, the Apple Cup trophy, but the governor's trophy uh, before it became the Apple Cup trophy is a 40-pound what that has a husky and a cougar fighting on it? Oh, man. Um, it's my new goal in life to obtain this artifact. That has nothing to do with what it is, but I just needed to say that. You want, like, what material it's made of? What or? what object is it? It is it is a something that has uh, these this this husky and a cougar drawn on it that are they're basically putting up their dukes ready to fight like imagine if the husky logo was also the notre dame logo yeah yeah. um is it just like a like a totem pole or like a piece of wood like where it's carved it's your final i have no idea yeah that's my final answer it's a 40 pound shield whoa yeah Look it up. Where it is, is this shield? It's you in the governor. It's shield. in the governor's office. Some rich Wazoo alum bought it from a bankruptcy auction, um, and then gave it back to the governor a few years ago. Um, so it's in the governor's office in Olympia. So you're saying that one of us has to become the governor of Washington in order to acquire this? I'm saying that we have enough sketchy friends in our life that could make this make this happen. Just just <laughs> d- just national treasure, but not national. Like just you know. <laughs> 
muni- I wonder, yeah. municipal treasure. <laughs> I wonder if Nick Cage is available anytime soon. I know, yeah. It's his expertise. Yeah, man. Um, so, yeah, 40-pound shield. Look it up. Okay. Governor's Trophy, okay. it's, it's pretty baller. You have you have the opportunity to take the win here. I don't think you will, though, because, again, this is the hard question. Wow. Is it harder uh, than mine? Uh, yeah, I think so. I, well, I think it's about the same. Here, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll read it to you. During this season, not like this season now, but the season I'm referring to, mm-hmm. during this season, okay. you'd have won the Apple Cup but weren't awarded the trophy at the end of the season. Why? Bonus <laughs> points for the year as well, which I don't think you'll guess. Either. See, I was. I Can was you gonna... tell me why they weren't awarded the trophy at the end of the season? That's funny. I was. I was going to get mad at you for having a numerical answer, but you flipped it on me when you said why. Um, <laughs> hmm. That is tough. That's a tough one. No, that's awesome. It's it's the type of thing that I'd want to know. Uh, it's got to be. They won um, the Apple Cup, but weren't awarded the trophy at the end of the season. Why? Is this in 1900 in the first one? Because it just – no, because that was a tie. Um, a five-to-five tie, my dear. Hell yeah. Um, man, I have to give a guess. I can't say I have no idea. Uh, it was because it snowed, and therefore the game didn't count. Didn't count. <laughs> <laughs> Well, then there would be no trophy last year either. Exactly. That is unfortunately not the answer. Damn it. The answer is two Apple Cups were played in 1945 because no Apple Cup was played in 43 or 44. So the first game was played in Seattle, a, a riveting 6 to nothing UW win, followed by a second game in Pullman, which was a riveting 7-0 to loss to WSU. So the key word there was at the end of the season, WSU was given the trophy at the end of the season, whereas UW won it at the beginning of the season. I can't think of a single reason why they wouldn't have played football in the mid-1940s. Can you? No. Especially, <laughs> yeah. I don't think there was any big thing happening yeah, in the just, world. So. Just being lazy. They didn't get the, the schedule out in time. Yeah. Yeah, they probably had a whatever the 1940s version of uh, Larry Scott was. (laughs) Larry Scott's been commissioner (laughs) for 75 years. That's amazing. Um, That that was great. Uh, We tied. We will split nachos happily in addition to several other things at 42 Cantina. Maybe watching a bowl game together. We'll see, uh, depending on how that goes. Um, Speaking of which, we need to get 42 Cantina to sponsor the podcast. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Who cares about Treetop? We're going straight to 42 Cantina. I haven't even puked in that restaurant in Issaquah. They, <laughs> they should love me. Um, wow. Yeah, I know. Same thing. For one of very few that that's the case for. Um, my <laughs> other favorite Apple Cup fact is that the first one was played on Denny Field, which if yeah. you've ever been to Denny Field or seen it, uh, it is hilarious that football was once played at that magnitude, like college football. Uh, granted, over a century ago, but Denny Field is used for like nothing now. It's just like a, a grass section. You don't even know if it's actually football field sized. And then like IMA football tournaments, like it, it's hilarious that, that that that's how things started. It's probably but what the quality are. of the game was back then, to be fair. Hell yeah! So, I mean, it was a five to five tie, so it's only fitting that there's intramural games played on there now. More total points or more total fans at that game? Do you think? <laughs> I'm going to take the fans, but by a slim margin. By a hair. 
Uh, let's uh, quick. Speaking of speaking of ties, really quickly, it. I just like the. Uh, I'm looking at the year by year breakdown. I just love the the 1932 to 1942 window of this rivalry. Started in 32 with a zero to zero tie. In 1934, you also have a zero to zero tie. In 1937, you have a seven to seven tie, and then in 1942, you wrap you wrap up the ten year period with another zero to zero tie. Unbelievable. So in a ten year period, you have four ties, three of which were zero to zero ties. <laughs> <laughs> nil that's nil. Some football right there. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Let's, uh, Maybe let's... that's why they stopped playing because there were three zero zero ties in the ten uh, ten seasons uh, leading up to the two seasons they didn't play the game. That should have been their, should have been their cue. Yeah. Um, let's uh, let's quickly back the pack. Uh, okay. ASU, ASU beats Oregon. Um, the funniest thing in that game was uh, the the ref uh, saying saying please reset the game clock to four twenty and the entire Arizona State <laughs> Stadium erupting, <laughs> uh, which was awesome. Uh, that game had all the makings of Oregon pulling it out late despite being down for most of the game until on a third and 10, uh, Oregon shucks third it. Third and 16. Third and 16. Yes, thank you. Uh, shucking it to Brandon Ayuk, who is a boss, 81 yards up the sideline over Oregon's yeah. best cornerback uh, to save themselves from getting Baylord. Uh, that was an awesome, awesome football game. Horrible for the Pac-12. Uh, but awesome. Yeah, but I love it. Yes, I'm. I'm honestly, it was the, it was one of the few things that got me through Saturday. <laughs> as as we Just said, seeing Oregon fans at the bar walking out dejected. That was that was what I needed. I can't remember if it was after Oregon or after Utah, but we just said just roll around in this filth this year, and that <laughs> that's Exhibit A of that. Um, yes, Oregon State Washington State is basically a game of tag that ends in Washington State winning at the buzzer, which was horrible for uh for our fellow fellow beeves just broke our hearts uh the win probability graph basically looks for like a jump rope for this entire game just up and down uh osu went for it on fourth and five with uh with a minute 14 left in shallow and wazoo territory doesn't get it basically cost them the game uh that's too bad it'll win them some games it has won them some games uh but uh the the washington state ticket is punched to go to a bowl game uh oregon state has to beat Oregon to make that happen. Let's see it. Uh, Cal Stanford in the big game. Chase Garbers comes back from the dead. I didn't even know he was coming back this season. Uh, Beats Stanford with a long run to send the Bears to a bowl game. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully Cal gets right back in the Cheez-It Bowl where they belong. Uh, Then uh, Utah beats the hell out of Arizona and USC just goes full air raid. 47 Keaton Slovis passes. 52 points against UCLA. This week... Uh, real rivalry games get played this week, not those phony ones. Um, the Civil War shouts out again to rivalries that actually happened during real rivalry week. Uh, Beavs play yep. uh, in in Eugene. Uh, go Beavs! By Build all means, the dam. by all means, that would be awesome for them to get to go to a bowl yep. game and beat Oregon, um, a, a uh, still uh, delirious Oregon from having their their college football playoff hopes jumped. Um, National scene last week was kind of boring. Ohio State wins in a weird one against Penn State. Um, they're very, very good. This week, though, Cincinnati-Memphis is fun. Uh, the big game probably seals a playoff appearance for Ohio State if they can win it. Uh, yep. Clemson plays a real team, kind of. They play South Carolina, who had beaten Georgia previously. Um, so, you know, we'll see there. Clemson doesn't get to play real teams very often, so um, no. never know. 
the Iron Bowl, Bama is going to try and burn Jordan Hare Stadium to the ground <laughs> because that's their only hope of making it to the playoff <laughs> is beating Auburn yep. by like a hundred. Um, without Tua. Without Tua. So they will do their best to do that. Oklahoma is hoping that the uh, the chaos normally result reserved for their game against Oklahoma State goes elsewhere um, and that a lot of teams lose this week, but that'll be a fun one. And then Minnesota-Wisconsin, probably the biggest game in Minnesota program history. The winner goes to the big the big championship, as it's called, because it's not the Big Ten, the big championship, which just sounds like ah, yeah. something uh, you make up to get your kids excited about something. It's like, yeah, if you win this, yeah. you go to the big championship. Um, <laughs> it sounds like something my older brother would do to get me to do something um, that ended up in me getting hurt as a child. Um, but yeah, lots, lots of fun games this week. In addition to our, our lovely Apple cup, which basically has the, the eyes of the college football world to itself on Friday night. Yeah. How, how fun for us being uh, the day after Thanksgiving, you know, logistically that isn't a nightmare at all. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, uh, just a comment about Cincinnati, Memphis, Hell yeah. uh, big group of five implications there for postseason reasons. So, uh, something to watch because that could be a cotton bowl, uh, birth sort of on the line in that one. It's an elimination game in, in some respects. Nice. Nice. Would yeah. love to see Memphis in that. They're a fun team. Uh, yeah. All right. We have made it this far somehow. This is a long one, but lots to lots to unpack, lots to get off our chest, lots of trivia to play. But we've made it uh-huh. out to our soft landing spot, the helicopter pad at the end of this. Um, we are at the Great Cat Award, and I'm uh-huh. wondering if it's time that we rename this the Great Cat uh, or the Bush Hamden Great Cat Award? Uh, it would be fitting because that's who my great cat is. Well, well, one of them. There you go. I mean, it was the Mark Jones Great Cat Award for a while, but yeah, um, I was going to say we're going to unseat Mark. Yes, sorry, Mark. Okay. Uh, so you're giving well, it to Bush. He's, he's at some terrible, you know, like Division three game probably this week in Central Florida. So <laughs> we should do. Remember when we used when we used to do that? We used to just name the worst game that he was going to call or whatever. Yeah, I like that back. segment. Um, yeah, that was fun. Our intern, um, our intern said we couldn't do it anymore, though. Uh, yeah, he does get paid more, so it um, makes the calls the shots. Yeah, great cat for me, Bush Hamden, like I said, and then I just said the entire season, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, I have one UW related that is. Uh, you already mentioned it, but that play that the safety got negated on that last Colorado drive. Um, yep, and that was the first play of the drive, and it ended up being like a 13 play drive to end the game, which was just, just yeah. so 81 yard drive. Um, the worst on that drive, third and 16, Steven or Steven Montez floats a pass that's in the air for like 15 seconds. And the camera yeah. finally pans to it. And you're expecting by the time that ball gets to a Colorado player uh, to be completely contested by a couple of Huskies. And nope, there was mm-hmm. no one within six yards of the play. It was yeah. awesome. Um, my non-UW great cat goes to the University of Arizona football team. Um, there was an article in The Athletic, you should all subscribe, yourself included, Stanton, um, that uh, detailed the University of Arizona's swag copter that they used to fly to uh, recruits uh, high school football stadiums and land at, half, at midfield and make a big show and you know Im- impress upon the, the youth of our, of our country. Um, Sal Pointe High School is two miles up the road from U of A and uh, has just oodles of, of Division One talent. Uh, Lathan Ransom is a top 300 safety from Sal Point um, who chose yeah. Ohio State over Bama. 
Um, and he was yeah. asked about the swag copter from, you know, the school that's two miles away from where he plays high school football. He says, I've never heard of it. <laughs> Which is just amazing. <laughs> that, I thought you were going to tell me they flew it to to his high school two miles away. Oh, well, they probably would do that. Um, but it's just amazing <laughs> that, you know, a, a top recruit in your state has no idea about your best recruiting tool. Which is Love a, that. you know, booster paid for. Really doing well, someone. Booster paid for, whirly bird up in the air. Um, yeah. Our kind of guy this week, for me, it's an our kind of gal. And uh, that gal is Ralphie Five because she stomped right over <laughs> our hearts this week. Uh, the queen of the campus. She was just spoken about with such, like, unbelievable reverence by everybody on the, on the broadcast. It was hilarious. Um, just seems like a really great buffalo is all I have to say. You know, I think when Kiffin got fired, he was left on the tarmac of at the airport. Was that is that accurate? It was Kiffin or sounds, sounds Sark. real. But uh, Sark probably you know slept on the nice? tarmac. Well, yeah, but you know what would have been nice is if Bush Hamden just got on that Buffalo and just rode off into the sunset. That would have been fantastic. <laughs> I remember, <laughs> I remember when uh, when Baylor just whooped our ass. Well, not whooped our ass, but put up 70 points against us in that that uh yeah. alma bowl that I, I tweeted and it was i was proud of this one uh that this this bowl game should be sponsored by uh by nick holt's preferred airline out of, out of seattle um <laughs> because that would be his last game it ended up being his last game um i really wonder i mean if, if the huskies put up like 12 points and lose to tcu in a bowl game then that might have to be the same thing yeah i completely agree um my OKG this week are th- actually three of them. Uh, the UW men's soccer team, who's nice. uh, fourth in the country. Uh, they won 2 nothing last night against Boston College to advance to the third round of the NCAA tournament. So they're in the final 16. Uh, UW women's soccer made it to the second round of the NCAA tournament, uh, unfortunately lost uh, on Friday. And then UW Volleyball, who's ranked 10th in the country, second in the Pac-12 with two regular seasons game, games left and is set to probably go deep into the postseason. So let's give it up to three programs that are actually doing pretty well. <laughs> Anyone but the football <laughs> team. Uh, yeah. There was a great exactly. story in Seattle Times about uh, our friend Michael Roberts' uh, college coach, um, Pete from, from Seattle U, and then uh, Jamie Clark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then Jamie Clark, who is the, the coach of, of UW soccer. And uh, Jamie Clark seems like an absolute rock solid dude. So good good for him, good for that program. Uh, always like watching yep. the play when I was there. Um, my two other OKGs are the tight ends for our team because they are the only ones uh, that are fun to watch. Uh, Kate yep. Otten, who only scores touchdowns in inexplicable losses. And Hunter Bryant... <laughs> Who is a Mackey Award finalist? So we did it. We got yeah, uh, we got one of our boys to an award show. Uh, Peyton Henry did not make the finalist list for the Grozo Award. Uh, we could have seen this coming next year. Um, we now now we have a base. Now we can actually build this next year, though. I do have some bad news, though. Uh, Blake Matza, the Wazoo kicker, made the Grozo uh, finalist award. So how many how many t- people make that? Three. It's an elite uh, group. All right. Well, hopefully he misses one uh, in the Apple Cup just to really hammer home that he shouldn't win it. <laughs> yeah. Love it. That was ruthless. I'm sorry. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Take it back. Uh, all right, man. This was uh, this was brutal but wonderful. Thank you for your participation. Um, can't wait to split nachos with you here in a month. And uh, go dogs. Can you muster up one of those for us? Or are you just too, too defeated? I, 
I think I can. Go, go dogs. <laughs> a, a beleaguered go dogs. Uh, all right, Sin, take it easy. See ya.